Hello, I'm Philip Sales. In this video, I'm interviewing Michelle Dyson, a, a government lawyer. We're going to be talking about the role of officials in handling the passage of a bill through Parliament. Michelle, how does the process of actually creating an Act of Parliament differ from pre-legislative scrutiny? Well, as we were saying, the pre-legislative scrutiny is about taking evidence from, from interested parties. Taking a bill through Parliament is different. I mean, it has lots of different stages, unless it's emergency legislation, when they can all be sort of compressed into one day. But in principle, it has lots of different stages. And particularly the, the committee stage is really incredibly detailed. You go through each clause of the bill and there has to be a vote. I mean, it might be taken quickly, but there has to be a vote on whether that clause should stand part of the bill, so it should be part of the bill. And um, members can put down amendments to the bill. Include, I mean, the government might put down amendments if, if it's realised it's got things wrong with the bill, but the opposition will put down amendments to, to probe the, the bill. And there'll be really detailed textual amendments. And for each one, there'll be a, a debate on whether to sort of accept it or not. Before one gets to the committee stage, what are the stages that a, an act, or oh, sorry, a bill has to go through uh, on its way to becoming an act? Uh, well, first of all, there'll be introduction, um, then there's second reading, then there's the committee stage, then there's a report, then there's third reading. And what happens briefly mm. at each of those stages? In principle, introduction is uh, sort of an, a non-event. No one needs to be there. I think it just happens formally. Second reading will be set-piece uh, debates on the floor of the House, which usually your Secretary of State would, would be at in the Commons. Obviously, in the Lords, it's different, assuming your Secretary of State is a minister in the Commons. It can't be in the Lords. Um, committee stages, as I've just described, very, very detailed. Uh, report and third reading, which are run together in the Commons but not in the Lords, are uh, sort of, again, set-piece speeches, although you can have amendments made at those stages as well. So if one takes the, the second reading, what do officials have to do for that? Well, draft a speech for your, for your minister and um, provide lots and lots of briefing on the, the background of the bill, what, what the bill does. So this will be written briefing what the bill does. Um, questions and answers this is trying to anticipate questions um, issues that you know the, the difficult issues we sort of call them elephant traps you know the ones that you, you the minister needs to be warned about so it'll be a lot of written um, briefing and the minister would probably also want uh, oral briefing so it was a chance to discuss with officials how to, how to handle it all and what is the minister's mm. speech designed to achieve at, at the second reading stage supposed to make the case for the bill and this is an opportunity to get real um, you know to really bring the, the bill into into the public domain explain say that the how the government is is um, taking forwards its manifesto commitment sell sell the sell the bill to the world at large and you usually get quite a lot of um, press coverage of a of second reading and and our officials in Parliament during the second reading yeah absolutely you'll be sitting in the box and now, t tell us about the box, because I've box. heard about this okay, before. The box. Um, the box is physically in the chamber, so in, in the Commons it's, it's right at the back, sort of behind the speaker in the corner. Uh, the Lords, it's, it's slightly more sort of central. Um, and in committee, where these, the committee it just happens in a, in a room, you'll be really quite close to your, sitting pretty much just behind your minister. Um, 
you'll have your key officials in the box and their role is to listen out, listen to the debate and if questions are asked that the minister hasn't had briefing on and their role is to scribble an answer and it feels much like an exam because it's, you, well, one, you've got to write legibly <laughs> and uh, two, you've got to do it as, as, really, as fast as you can. Um, I mean, in some cases, it will be your minister doesn't have to respond to, until the end of the debate. But in other cases, particularly in committee, your minister will really need to respond, if, if possible, on the spot. Um, otherwise, your minister may end up sort of saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll write to you afterwards, which is not... Sounds a bit weak. It sounds it? a bit weak. So it's better if they have, have an answer. But one of the difficulties of being in the box is actually getting your note to the minister, particularly in the commons where you're sort of, you're, you're behind him. So you'll be waving your note around and hope, hoping that somebody note, uh, notices and, and passes it forwards to the minister. <coughs> I mean, sometimes in, say, something like a second reading or maybe later on, the, the minister might actually walk over to you and ask, and ask a question. But mostly you'll, you'll be briefing them by, with notes. So <coughs> the real work is done in the committee stage, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I think that's right, yes. And there's, the committee stage addresses the process of, of amendment uh, of the bill. H- how does uh, uh, someone put down an amendment? That's a good question. I think that there's a, through parliamentary, some sort of parliamentary processes, you, through the, the House authorities, they, there's a means of putting them down. The difficulty for officials is that you often don't get the... Um, the amendments until the night before the debate and yet you've got to turn them around in terms of well first of all analyzing what they do and then writing that up for the minister so you need to do a note that explains the effect of the amendment then a speaking note about whether to accept the amendment or or whether to oppose it and if so what you can say about opposing it and sort of questions and answers again to go with it so that's a lot you know you might have a large number of amendments so it's all fairly frenetic and you need pretty good IT systems as well to try and cope with the, the, the volume of material and everything the policy officials write needs to be checked by the lawyers and so it's a... How many people will be involved in preparing answers on amendments? Just depend. I mean your key people will be your policy official and your lawyer but it, so it depends on how many policy officials are involved in you know the amendments might come down might come along in lots of different policy areas and are there different sorts of amendments that that are put down? Yeah, you might have ones that are very technical, sort of add a word in here and you're sort of slightly left wondering what <laughs> what the purpose is. Always difficult to write your note when you don't actually understand the purpose of the amendment. And then others you'll will be obviously, you know, you'll know that the bill is controversial in a particular respect and they'll get another amendment which is clearly designed um to to lead to a vote on that issue. And what happens after the debates? What do officials do then? Well, if their ministers promise to write because they haven't had an answer in in uh, at the stage, then they'll have to um, put up a, a, a draft letter. Um, you'll certainly be scouring Hansard, which is the official record of Parliament, to see if any commitments ha- have been made that you need to act on, like like writing. Um, if the committee stage might well have thrown up some technical problem with the bill, you might need to instruct Parliamentary Council to to change that and it might be that you know one bit of your bill is becoming impossibly controversial and is risking the whole bill and therefore you might want to put options to your minister about how how to deal with that whether you want to drop it or, or you know what the best what the best option the best outcome is and do you need to go back mm. to cabinet to get clearance for amendments 
Not the, the really technical ones, but anything that amounts to a significant change of policy, yes. And are there other parliamentary committees that scrutinise legislation? Yes, you have two in particular. Uh, one is the Joint Committee on Human Rights, who will look, be looking at the human rights uh, compatibility of every bill. And they will um, usually ask lots of questions of a department, which the department then has to put in a memorandum explaining why they consider this to be uh, human rights, you know, different bits of the bill to be human rights compatible. The other committee is the... Um, the de delegated powers, House of Lords delegated powers committee, and what that committee is looking at is all the powers in the bill to do things by um, delegated legislation, i.e., by secondary legislation, because they're concerned because secondary legislation gets much less parliamentary scrutiny than primary legislation. So you might, in theory, you know, just have very bare bones in your primary legislation and then do all the detail that Parliament's actually interested in in your secondary legislation. So what the Delegated Powers Committee looks at, and the Department has to provide a memorandum explaining why each power is justified, they'll look at whether it's justified to um, delegate the, the legislation downwards, and if so, what level of scrutiny that um, secondary legislation should have. And do these committees provide reports? They do, and um, again, as we were discussing with the pre-legislative scrutiny report, if they're very critical of you, you, you are well advised to either concede the point or to you'll have to fight very hard to, to explain why you're not conceding the point. How do bills finally come into force <laughs> as law? Um, well, first of all, you get royal assent, which will be at the end of the, the process, and then some bills will come into force automatically, um, so the bill will provide, this bill comes into force two months after royal assent. Usually there's a gap between royal assent and, and commencement to allow people to prepare. But probably more commonly, you'll have a power in the bill to, to enable um, the bill to be commenced. And often that's done in a staged way because you're, you may need to make secondary legislation before the bill can be commenced, you may need guidance. You, there may be, often are, a sort of whole big sort of section of work that needs to be done and people who need to be engaged with before you can actually commence the bill. And how long will it take before a commencement power is used? I don't think there's really any answer to that. And you still have some legislation that hasn't been commenced on the statute book that you know that dates back for many years and that may be because there was never enough money to commence new powers or so it can vary two months is, you know, un unless it's emergency legislation unlikely to be less than two months but it can go for, for a long time beyond that but I suppose most legislation will be one or two years and then I suppose mm. a process of implementation of of the bill once you've got a bill and you've made it into an act of parliament uh, the department must have to uh, put in into effect that act. Yeah, and that was really what I was talking about in terms of making the secondary legislation, um, you know, talking to people on the ground who are going to have to operate it, say, if, if that's the sort of bill it is, um, issuing guidance, all of that sort of thing is, is what we talk about as being implementation and can be a really significant project in its own right. And is it the same uh, team of people that are involved in that, or does it get passed on to other people? Um, depends. It can be the same team of people, and obviously there's advantage in that. But because the whole process is so long, sometimes it's difficult to keep people for, for that length of time. And I suppose if you are going to change team, then or change, say, policy official or bill manager, then the t Royal Assent is a, a sort of obvious cut-off point.
Michelle, thank you very much for talking to us about the officials' role in the passage of uh, legislation through Parliament. Thank you.